0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. My name is Michael. For those of you who don't know me, I'm I'm part of the team here, and it is an absolute privilege to preach tonight. Um, I'm just so excited to preach this message because it's been something that's been burning on my heart for quite some time. Um, And my preach tonight is called Rest in Peace. And I just want to get it from the offset. I'm not trying to instigate any deaths in the church. I promise this is about rest for our souls. Um, And it's something that I'm really excited about. But I just want you to turn to someone uh, who you don't know yet and just say the rest is up to you. So just turn to someone now. We're going to need some participation tonight. It's participation station. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So we're going to be uh, looking at Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 tonight, but um, this has just been something that I've really been challenged by in uh, the recent months, and it's uh, to do with the subject of rest, and I'm not just talking about physical rest, just sleeping all day long or uh, catching a kip here and there. I'm talking about a rest that comes from deep within us, and it only is from God, and it has to do with our souls. And uh, that rest as what I'm going to be talking about is that innermost part of your being is, is that at peace? Is that rested? And do you feel peace at every moment of the day because of who your father is? But um, if you know me well, or even just a little bit, you know that I am not very good at rest. Um, I run at 100 miles per hour all the time or virtually at 90% of that. Um, I do love naps, but I don't get them often. But I'm not very good at rest. And uh, I found myself in this, in this kind of cycle recently where um, I was chatting to a friend. And the first thing he asked me is, how are you doing? Like you do. And then without even batting an eye, I said, um, you know, I'm quite tired. I'm quite busy. And he, go- and he goes to me and he's like, this is becoming quite a pattern. Do we need to talk about boundaries? And um, so I realized that I say this quite a bit. That whenever I meet someone and they ask me, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm busy. Like it's just this natural thing that happens in our lives. We've gotten to the end of March already. I can't actually believe it. But now we're running on full steam. It's almost Easter. And then before we know it, it's Christmas again. And all of those decorations are in the stores. And you're hearing the jingles that you just thought you got rid of. Um, that's just my own battle. Um, but we, we run at this pace. And we just say, I'm tired and busy. And we get into this cycle um, but, and we get comfortable with this thing, I got comfortable with it, I am comfortable with it, but I got challenged by my friend, because he said, we need to talk about boundaries, because if that's all you're saying, is that's where you're comfortable at, and then you're happy at being in that place, but God has so much more for you, and I just want to say tonight, that if you, yeah, if you maybe struggle for anxiety, or you facing a situation that's overwhelming, or even if you're just tired and weary tonight, I want to say that this is for you tonight. God has so much more for us. And I feel that tonight He wants to shift some things in our minds. He wants to rework our hearts and just transform us. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get stuck in in one of my favorite passages. But Father, I just come before you. I thank you for this evening. I thank you that we get the opportunity to just worship you, Jesus. I pray that you reshift things in our minds, Lord. That we recenter ourselves tonight and that you will get all the glory. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome. So participation is key. So will you turn to someone else now and say, the rest is up to him? There we go, there we go. You see what I did there? I thought it was very clever. Okay. But so, so I want to read from uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, and it's going to come up on the screen behind me. And what it says Uh, I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is a passage that I have read, like, multiple times, tens and tens of times, and it's one that I'm very familiar with, and you may be familiar with, too, and we often just flick over it in the Bible and say, okay, Jesus will give me rest. If I'm in a situation and I'm feeling a bit tired or I'm feeling a bit distressed, I can just go to Jesus and He will sort it all out. But I want to say tonight is that Jesus wants to deal with our hearts in this passage. That what He's speaking about here isn't a busyness issue. It's not a, a circumstance issue, but it's a heart issue and a soul issue. That He wants to give us rest and peace not just for our everyday life, not just so that we can get more things done, but that our soul and that we are closer to Him, and that we will have intimacy with Him. So the context to this, and I want to just tell you a little about what Jesus is saying here, is that uh, right before this passage, this passage in Scripture, He actually visited all these cities, and He preached in these cities, and he um, He saw people come to know Christ and be saved. Uh, come to know Him, and He did many miracles there. But as soon as He left, they just denounced His name. They just acted like nothing ever happened. They just acted like they didn't know Him. And then they just went by their everyday lives. They just slipped back into the rhythms of their everyday life. And then right after this passage, He is speaking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the teachers of the law in those days. And basically, What the Pharisees said that you had to do A, B, and C in order to be right with God. They preached what was the law of the Old Testament and said you have to do all these things so that you can get even slightly close to God. That if you aren't holy, pure, you can't enter the temple. If you don't do these things, you can't know God the Father. And Jesus is speaking now to people who are far from Christ. Sinners who completely denounce his name, who don't actually know him, but he's also speaking to the Pharisees who have been, uh, in today's terms, coming to church for so long, who know the law inside and out, but are also just as far from God. So he's speaking to these two groups of people. And I want to say tonight is that when Jesus is speaking here, he's not just speaking to a particular group, but he's speaking to everyone. He's speaking to the sinner who's far from God. But he's also speaking to the person who's religious in spirit, but just as far from him. And so we can learn wherever you're at tonight, if wherever you came in as, whatever you came in as, I want to say that Jesus wants to speak to you tonight, that Jesus wants to change our hearts and change our minds through this text. So right before Jesus speaks about, and he talks about the various cities, he, um, he realized that. These people had denounced him, and what he does in response to that is he draws near to his father in that moment. Just before this passage in verse 25, he starts thanking and praising God for who he is. He's just seen people completely denounce his name, and he's going to be speaking to the Pharisees who will also denounce his name. But in the middle of this section, he is praising God for who he is and for the glory that is going to come. So when Jesus came, he flipped this whole thing on his head. So he said that it's not by anything that we do anymore that will get us close to God, but it's only through him. So if you're here tonight and you've never encountered and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to say that it's, it's only through him that we can come to the Father. And we'll touch on that later tonight. But I want to, uh, you can put up the first slide, and it says that rest is for all. And it's this thing where it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In some other translations, it says, come to me, all you who labor or toil and are heavy laden. So I think we can all relate to the labor part, is that most of us have jobs, eight to five jobs, and or some of us go to school or in varsity. We have to labor every day, day in and day out, and we have to do things and get things done, and it's just a natural part of everyday life. But in that uh, context, uh, religion and the law, you had to get things done in order to be closer to God. But the Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God, and it's only through Jesus that we can have intimacy with God. So, But we get stuck in these everyday rhythms of we have to get stuff done. And we get stuck in these everyday rhythms, even when, with sin and our relationship with God, that it becomes more like a work contract than a personal relationship. That when we sin and when we continue to do the sin that we just so don't want to do, is we say, "Oh God, I'm going to try harder now. I'm going to do this thing in order to um, in order to feel better. I'm going to come to church more. I'm going to read my Bible more." And we start adding these tick boxes to our lives that we have to achieve in order to feel closer to Him. But God and Jesus is saying, no, we want to flip that completely on His head. It's not a work contract. We don't have to do anything in order to get closer to Him. He has already done everything. And that when He says that, I want to give you rest, it's nothing that we can do on our own part. Because we aren't in a work contract. The, the world says that we work hard and we play hard. That everything is done at the fullest capacity of our ability. That we have to get things done we have to meet benchmarks we have to uh, meet people's expectations in our relationships with our partner with our kids uh, financial expectations at the end of the month we have all these things that we need to get done and they start weighing upon us so when the bible is speaking about labor he's at, uh, jesus isn't actually talking about work necessarily what he's actually talking about is toil and what toil means is that you labor to the point of exhaustion. Because what, what we do in this world is we, we get it wrong, is work brings glory to God. But toil gives us all of the power. When we work to the point of exertion, we are say, exhaustion, we are saying that we have the ability to get things done and we have the ability to achieve things. But work says, no, I know where my source of life is coming from. And you will get all the glory, God, because He is in control of everything. But we do this thing in life, and I do it all the time, is in my everyday life, I start wanting to hit these benchmarks, and they're good benchmarks, and there's healthy rhythms of everyday life, but I stop looking towards God as my source, and I start looking to my own strength. But when I look to my own strength, and then when challenges and obstacles come, I find because I'm running so hard, I actually don't have any strength to overcome them and then I realized that I'm going to become tired to the point of exhaustion. I'm going to become weary and burdened. And when Jesus says, come to me, all oh, you are weary and burdened, he's not talking to a select few. He is acknowledging that all of us carry burdens in life. All of us get weary. We all get tired. We're all burdened. But the great thing is, that there's a hope and there's a freedom and there's a peace on the other side of it. So Jesus is not speaking about just our everyday job. He is speaking about every aspect of our lives. That is not just something confined to a job when we labor. It's not just something that we do. It's not just a tiredness issue. It's a heart issue and a priority issue. And then what we say is that we want to affect the world, but... In order to affect the world, we need to be intimate with God because we uh, very soon is that we allow the world to change us rather than the person living inside of us to change the world. And while we labor is we start putting rest and peace into our own hands. We try and uh, get healthier habits. We try to go to bed earlier. We try and do all these things in order to attain that peace that we so desire because if we're all honest, we want to be peaceful. We want to be a peaceful people. We don't want to uh, be anxious. We don't want to worry at the end of the day. We don't want to go to bed and not sleep and wake up worrying about the things that we have to get done or the things that need to come to fruition or even the brokenness in your family or your life that needs to be made whole. We don't want to wake up feeling those things. We want to be peaceful. We want to be a peaceful people, but that doesn't come from our own Ability that only comes from God. So what God is saying here, is, what Jesus is saying here is, he wants us, all of us tonight, to be free from the weight of sin and religion. Free from the weight of sin and religion. So sin is everything that we do that is against God's will. And religion is that everything that we, uh, what the Old Testament said is that you have to do in order to be, be close to God, but takes Jesus out of the equation. So, life pressures very easily start coming to the fore as we go in our everyday lives. And uh, I had this moment the other day is that um, no story in South Africa would be complete without two things, load shedding and woolly's chicken. Um, So, I, I have been feeling quite tired as of late and it's been a busy season And then uh, one weekend, I got really short with people. I got really impatient in my everyday life, and I got really impatient with my girlfriend. And I found myself on the Monday morning, and I was praying and doing my quiet time, and I felt God say that it's not the patience which is the problem. It's that you aren't trusting me. So I was like, okay, okay, uh, I can take this rebuke. That's fine, that's fine. Um, But what I'm going to do is, God, I'm going to promise you that I'm going to be more patient today. I am going to be more patient, and I'm going to get this thing done. I'm going to be the most patient person you'll ever see. So, uh, as the day went by, things were right. Um, we managed to get things done, but slowly the hours started ticking away, and, um, and I realized that there was load shedding happening at 6 o'clock. And once you realize that there's load shedding happening at 6 o'clock, you start ticking, everything in your mind starts ticking, okay, do I have this, do I have that, will we have something to eat, what are we going to eat, and um, I started thinking about all these things, and I had invited my girlfriend for dinner, so that means instead of three people eating now, there's four people, just quick maths, I know, basic maths tonight, (laughs) I know, I know, just basic maths. But there had been a miscommunication between my mom and I, and we had only bought one chicken. Okay, now I may not look like I eat much, and that if I turn incorrectly in the right lighting conditions, I'll disappear. But I guarantee you that I eat more than half a chicken. So if there's four of us, we have a problem there. We're not, I know, I know. We're going to have a problem there. So I started trying to think of all the things that I could do in order to provide food for food because I was hungry at the end of the day. So what I said is now it's already five o'clock and I eventually got home at 20 past five and I was distraught to only see one chicken on the counter. Just one beautiful but measly chicken (laughs) on the counter. So I said, okay, don't worry, I will rectify this issue. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to go to the nearest Woolies and buy another chicken. They will surely have a chicken waiting for us for load shedding, they've prepped this, they know what's going on. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. So, <laughs> that's a dramatic pause. There we go. <laughs> so, what I did is I went to Seaside Village and I was ready for this chicken. I raced there. Uh, my girlfriend was coming in 40 minutes, so I had to get this chicken. So, I get there and I, I, I start walking to the counter and I didn't see anything in the counter window, so I'm like, no, no, surely there must be something there hiding it, maybe around the corner for us. They're just playing a few games. But I see these chickens now in the oven. I'm like, okay, maybe it's just five more minutes. And I get there at 20 past five, and then they said, no, it will take 45 minutes longer. And I I and I, I looked at her, and I, I would love to say that I was patient in that moment, um, but I, I thought that was possibly the stupidest thing that they had planned, that chicken would be after load shedding. We are supposed to prep for the load shedding. Why aren't the chickens ready? So then I thought, okay, I know what to do. I know better than this. I'm not going to wait here. Let me go to Table Bay More because that's a bigger space, a bigger willies. They m- must have more chickens. So let's go over there. So I raced to Table Bay Moor. We're 15 minutes past, now it's 25 to 6, and I start getting a bit anxious, now, now, now the anxiety is creeping in and I really need that chicken, so I go into the mall and I go into the Woolies, and there's nothing in the counter, nothing whatsoever, and I, I thought they were just kidding with me, but then I go up to the lady and they look at me and she's like, no, sorry, we sold out around 10 minutes ago, I'm saying, say, but you need to have a chicken, I need a chicken, all I want is a chicken, give me a chicken. And then she thought that I was slightly crazy and having a breakdown, um, but there was no chicken. So then I thought, okay, let me go to the good old faithful West Coast Village. It's the tried and trusted situation. I always go there. They surely must have a chicken. So we go to, I go to West Coast Village, and now we are at around 10 to 6. Now all panic stations are on like high. So I go in and I run in, I run past the security guard, like almost bump an old lady out of the way to get to this counter. And once again, there is nothing there whatsoever, no chicken. So now I have a choice. What do I do? Do I um, swallow my pride and go back to the previous place that I started at? Or do I just say, we don't have any more food? So I go all the way to Seaside Village, and now I'm racing, and I would love to say that I didn't speed, so basically I'm uh, confessing to my improper character and breaking the law tonight, um, but I sped there and raced there, and then I, as I was going, I, I felt God say, slow down, and, I, and then I, I got really like annoyed. I'm like, no, I need to get there, and he just said, what did you promise me at the beginning of the day? And then I said, okay, to be patient, and he said, where are you now? Uh, okay, I don't have a chicken. (laughs) That's where I am. And And I brought it into practicalities here with God. And then I got there and there were five juicy roast chickens waiting for me right at Seaside Village. But it was right at the beginning where I had started. And I just felt God say to me in that moment is, why did you not trust me? Why did you not trust me to be your source of provision? You try to do everything on your own strength. You try to come up with ways and means and ideas in order to get the thing you so desired. But if you had just trusted me and been patient in the beginning, it would have saved you all that time and energy. It also would have saved you all that frustration, and your heart would have been in a better place. So if I had trusted God in the beginning, and if I had gone to Him as my source of provision, that is when God breaks through. And that is when that rest and that peace just comes because it's not on our own abilities or our own means and ways of getting things done. But it's only from the source of life who is God himself. And I know that's a silly uh, little illustration with Willie's Chicken. But we so easily do that in everyday life. When obstacles come, we start making plans. When financial distress comes, we start, making, uh, finan- we start making decisions about how are we going to cut costs? How are we going to get this thing? How are we going to avoid stress? And we don't look towards our Father in heaven who has been our provider since day one. So we start looking to our situation and our circumstances and they are getting bigger and bigger. But we don't realize that we have a much greater God who lives inside each and every one of us. And that we start living from this place of fear and doubt and dependent on our feelings. But we're not resting in who God is for us every day. So it hadn't been the route that I had planned. But... When we realize that Jesus is the rest giver, our situation may not change, but our soul and heart will. That no matter what our situation is, that God stays consistent and that he is our source of peace and rest. And when Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, it's an invitation. So that's, um, if you can go to the next slide, rest is an invitation. In the original uh, language, that word for come is not a command by Jesus. It's an invitation to come to him and submit your own authority to realize his authority. So when we come to him, we are saying that Jesus, you are my source. You are my provision. You have all the authority in the world. I cannot do this. I cannot complete this. I cannot uh, hit this benchmark, but I know that you have made everything complete already. When we realize that Jesus is the authority in our lives, we are able to submit our own authority. And therefore, we can have peace in who he is for us. But like any, any invitation is that it requires a response from us. When you send out an invitation is that you are hoping that that is received and that they will respond back to you. You just don't send an invitation out for the sake of it. You, just, uh, you don't throw a party and then invite a whole bunch of people and you're like, actually, I don't want anyone to come. I hope no one responds to that invite. You want a response to that invitation. So when there's three phrases that stand out in this uh, text. It says, come to me, take my yoke, and learn from me. Those are all things that we have to do in order to achieve rest and peace. It requires action in order to achieve rest, which seems like a weird combination. But what Jesus is saying is that I have given an invitation for you to submit your own authority. And once you submit your own authority and take a step of faith, even though it doesn't look like the right thing, even though it may not make sense in this moment, that that is when he will break through with rest. And that word rest in the original language isn't actually something that we just get. It isn't like we're going to engine to just refuel our car when we run empty. No, that word rest is a verb, and it actually means that Jesus will rest us, that He will rest us. He will put us in the correct place so that we can achieve peace. Whatever that looks like, our situations may not achieve. We may be in the fire, but that is the safest place because that's where God is. And because where uh, where God is is that He can be our source of life and peace in that situation. In John 4.13, he says this, But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and as the giver of rest and peace, our soul, the innermost part of our being, will never be empty. Will never be empty. I hope that excites you just even a little bit tonight. Because that means that whatever situation you are in, whatever situation you are facing, that the fullness of God is inside of you, and you can have peace in that situation. Because the fullness of God isn't something that we achieve, it's something that's received. It's something that we get from Him. It's nothing that we do in order to attain it, but He freely gives it to us. He gives us rest and peace. This invitation is something that's freely given. It's to everyone there is a free invitation to everyone. This Facebook event is to everyone. You just have to click, I am going. You just have to say that I accept it. And then it says, take my yoke, for it is light and easy. Now, in the Old Testament, what the yoke was, it was this massive wooden beam that they would put on the neck of an ox. And that beam would be connected to the to the burden or the load that it was carrying. So it would be connected to cords and they would pile their belongings in for the journey so that the ox would carry the burden. So when Jesus is saying, take my yoke for it is easy and light, what he is saying is that I've already carried every burden that you may experience on the cross. I've already carried that wooden beam to the cross and that burden is paid for in full. That my burden is light light and easy, is that if we accept who Jesus is for us, we don't have to feel feel burdened. We don't have to feel anxious. We don't have to feel depressed. We don't have to feel worry or fear, because His burden is perfect, and His burden is light and easy, because everything was already paid for on the cross. Shame was paid for. Anxiety was paid for. Brokenness was paid for on the cross, and His burden was emptied. And he experienced every weakness that we may ever experience in life. And because of that, we can come to him. And because of that, we can receive his burden. And we can achieve rest and a peace which springs from deep within our souls. That even though we may face situations that seem overwhelming and seem startling, is that we can have faith. in a a God who is in complete control and who paid everything on the cross and has already made a way and has already given us peace. But so this may just look like head knowledge to us at this moment, is that for a long time when I read the scripture, I just thought, okay, I can come to Jesus and He will give me rest, just like a little top up. But in order to take this yoke, in order to take this burden in a practical manner, we need to know who Jesus is for us. And that's why it's this little part that I had overlooked for so long. It says, learn from me. And that's the part that we get wrong. Because what Jesus is asking us to do is to trust him. But in order to trust him, we need to know who he is. You're not going to trust some random guy on beachfront who says, hey, do you want to come here? I have rest for your soul. You don't know who that person is. You're going to run. I would run. In a figurative manner, I don't like running, but I would run. But you don't know who that person is, so you're not going to trust them. But in order to uh, trust God, in order to trust Jesus, we need to know who He is. And how do we know who He is? We get into the Word. We spend time with Him. If you want to get to know someone, you spend time with that person. You ask them questions. you, You speak to them. You give them your time in order to know them. And that is just like our Father. He wants to have an intimate and personal relationship with each and every one of us here tonight. He wants to know us and He wants to be known by us. That when we know Jesus, when we know God, then we can know that He is our source of everything. That He can be our everything to us. If there's a lack in your life, I want to say tonight that God can be that for you. That He already experienced the lack on the cross and He has already made a way. He has brought you into spacious places and He will bring you into spacious places. So that when we know our God, He can be that thing for you. Verse 27 says this, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I want to say tonight, sir, ma'am, if you're here and you want to experience God in his fullness, it comes by giving your life to Jesus Christ. It comes by coming to him and submitting your own authority and coming to him and saying, I cannot do this on my own. I do not have the ability. I do not have the wisdom. I do not have the wherewithal to sustain everyday life, but you do, Jesus. You are the fountain of living water that never runs dry. And because you never run dry, I pray that you will overflow in my life. That when we come to Him, when we come to Jesus with that attitude, when we come to Him submitting our own authority, that's when the springs of living water start overflowing in our lives. And we see peace and rest reign that is not something that's based on our physical state, but it's based on the state of our souls. That is based on the, our relationship with Jesus Christ. So even when we are busy, even though when we are running at 100 miles per hour, we feel rested because we know who our Father is. And we feel rested because we know that our Father provides and is in complete control every step of the way. So the invitation to rest is freely given by our Father. We just need to receive it. The invitation of rest has no terms and conditions applied to it. There's nothing that we can do in order to achieve it. We just have to receive it. We just have to come to God and realize that He is the source of our peace. He is the source of our rest in our lives. And once we do that, that's when His glory will be revealed. That when we realize that, then we can go into the world and people will encounter you And they will encounter you with a rest and a peace that is just so overwhelming that they will only realize that it's from God. Because we cannot manufacture it. There's nothing that we can do to create it. But it only comes from God. And when God reveals it to us, he wants to say that it's not based on your circumstances or feelings, how you're feeling. There's nothing that we can do that will ever uh, separate us from his great love. That when we come to him like a child that there's a father waiting with outstretched arms on the other side. And more than that, there's a father who is running towards you. There's a father who is running towards you to cover your shame, to fix your brokenness, to embrace you with love and kindness and peace and rest. Because there's nothing we can do to achieve that. There's only everything that he has already done. So tonight, I want to say is, do you know the person? Do you know personally... God the Father who wants to give you rest and peace tonight. If you don't have a personal relationship with Him, I want to say come to Him. There's nothing that will separate you from His love. There's nothing that you have ever done that can ever separate you from His love. There's no sin, there's no choice that you have made that will separate you from the great love that God has given us. So I want to invite the band up this moment And can I ask us to stand? Thank you for that interlude. But tonight I want to say, do you know the God of peace? Do you know the God of peace who brings peace to every situation and rest to your heart? If you're here tonight and you may be feeling a bit anxious or you're feeling overwhelmed by a situation or you actually just don't know what to do, you don't know what your next step will look like, you don't know what the next part of your journey will look like, maybe there's a big decision in your life and you don't know what to do in this situation, is do you know the God of peace? Is he bringing you on a journey towards him? And I want to say tonight, will you submit? to a father who is just waiting with outstretched arms? Will you submit to a father who wants to be your everything? He wants to be our everything. There's no part of our lives that he does not know. There's no part of our lives that he has not created. There's no part of our lives which he does not intimately know. And he wants to have that personal relationship with each and every one of us tonight. So can I ask us to close our eyes? And if you're here tonight and you say, God, I feel burdened. I feel weary. Maybe there's just something in your life which just seems overwhelming. I want you to take a step of faith right now and I want you to raise your arms to Jesus. I want you to raise your arms to Jesus. Because on the other side of submitting, there is a Father who is smiling down upon each and every one of us. There is a Father who wants to be your everything. There is a Father who wants to bring rest and peace in your heart. A rest and peace which is not dependent on anything. It is only solely dependent on Him. That He transforms us from the inside out. That He is a loving Father that sees you, He sees your need, He sees your desires, and He is in complete control. When we feel out of control, that is when His glory is made manifest. That is when His face is shunned. That is when He wants to take hold of the situation. That is when He is saying, trust me, my son and daughter. Trust me, for I'm in complete control. I was in the beginning, I am now, and I will be at the end of time that I have created you in your mother's womb, that I have created the heavens and the earth, and I am in complete control of every situation, that every aspect of our lives that he wants to break into, every aspect of our lives he wants to be the center of, every aspect of our lives he wants to be the thing that we seek first. So tonight, God, I want to thank you for the peace and the rest that you freely give us. I wanna thank you for the loving kindness that you extend unto each and every one of us. I wanna thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, Jesus. I wanna thank you that on the cross, everything was nailed to that cross. Shame, depression, brokenness, divorce, distress, overwhelming situations that you have overcome that, Jesus. I thank you that your blood paid for all of it I thank you that there is nothing that we have done to receive it, to achieve it, that we only receive it, Jesus. I thank you for the sacrifice that you freely give to each and every one of us. And I thank you that you are just calling us to receive it right now, God. I thank you that you are here, God. I thank you that you are Lord above all, that you see into the depths of our hearts, you see into our situations and you bring order, and you bring peace. That we can rest solely in you, that you are everything, and that from that place that we will live, from that place we will step out